You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Chicago. Uh, we are on WNDZ 750 AM. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Timothy Johnston with Liturgy Training Publications. And we are here every fourth Wednesday of the month from 8 to 9. Uh, and uh, our show is all about the liturgy of the church and the liturgical life of the church. All the great things that we break open the ritual, the text, the seasons. Uh, we, we've, we've covered a lot of topics in the last year for sure, and, and certainly over the course of the show. And uh, not just with uh, um, the seasons and, and, and those elements, but sometimes on occasion we will talk about documents that are issued by the church in regard to the liturgy or the liturgical life of the church or uh, or rituals that are, are issued. So, uh, for example, when the um, Order for Celebrating Matrimony was revised, we did a show on that. When the third edition of the Roman Missal right, 10 right. years ago came out, we did numerous shows on that. <laughs> <laughs> don't panic, don't panic, listeners. There's no, no, new, no new revised book right now. Yeah, not right now. Uh, yeah, maybe in a couple of years. Maybe. Uh, yeah, right now uh, it, it's it's pretty quiet as they're working on things uh, in Rome. But probably uh, one of the most familiar documents that that we've mentioned on the show is the numerous Constitution times. On the, is, yeah, is the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy, which was the first document uh, from the Second Vatican Council and sort of shaped the Council, but also it really moved us into a, a, a renewed understanding of liturgical. Uh, practice and theology. But really a renewed understanding of the whole liturgical life of the church, the exactly. whole liturgical and sacramental life of the church. Yeah, and so so today, as, as we are beginning to be more open, uh, you know, after our, well, we're still in the pandemic, but things are, are looking better and, and things are opening up here in, in Chicago and around the country, uh, we wanted to look at another document uh, today uh, that that is going to help us explore a little bit what it is going to be like to return to the Eucharistic table. Um, and, and so uh, I think there's a lot of good things with, within this. Uh. Maybe to set the stage. So mm-hmm. uh, as, as Timothy mentioned, uh, the, the uh, restrictions for uh, COVID-19 are lifting in the state of Illinois, in the city of Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago, and in the archdiocese of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of time, this is very timely in that sense, but it's also, in, in some ways, Timothy, it flows from our show last month, because exactly. last month we, we talked about uh, the end of the Easter season, and, and these, these, the, the opening up, the reopening, that was in the midst of being planned. It hadn't been issued yet, but, right. but the, the planning was going on. Um, and, and so Timothy and I just wanted to pick up on that. So setting the context for this document that Timothy mentioned, last year in August, so not even a year ago, in 2020, 
Cardinal Robert Seurat, who was the then prefect for the Congregation for Divine Worship and Discipline of the Sacraments in Rome. It's a dicastery in Rome, a congregation. Uh, it, it advises the Pope and works with the Pope in all areas of liturgy and sacraments for the Church. But Cardinal Seurat issued a letter, and it was a letter on his own, and he titled it, Let Us Return to the Eucharist with Joy, a letter on the celebration of the liturgy during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. And he sent this letter to the presidents of the conferences, the bishop conferences all over the world. And uh, so, so just for the listeners, go back to August of 2020. We were in the midst of the pandemic, uh, but for over half a year, seven months, Parishes all over the world were still either closed or they were just reopening with very limited um, access and very heavy restrictions. Here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, we had the exact same thing, right? Um, and and ca- what Cardinal Seurat wanted to do, I think, Timothy, and get your sense too, I, I, I think in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of lockdown, when when personal, in-person participation in the Sunday Eucharist was at a minimum, understandably and neededly, he, he didn't want us to lose sight right. of the in-person, full, active, conscious participation in the Eucharist, which yeah. is at the heart of who we are as Catholics. I, I think in this barren desert <laughs> of that time, he just wanted to 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 give a reminder and give something to look forward to. Yeah, that that little glimpse of of hope, and and we're gonna break this open. But as you were talking, Todd, one of the things that that he says in this particular letter that struck me, which we talked about last March, last year in March, um, when we were just in lockdown, and he says, uh, sort of in the towards the beginning, but almost the middle of the the letter, that we. We have been in a time, if you will, of Eucharistic fasting. Yes. And while that is useful, and he says it's useful for the rediscovering um, and the, of the vital importance of the Eucharist in our life. And, and that even with, with saying that, it's, it's looking, saying this isn't permanent. This is not who we are, but we have been in a collective fast, and we're looking forward to the return to the beauty of, of the Eucharist now. I, I added some words there, of course, but but that's sort of what I read as he's getting at is we're we're going to be moving from this time of fast. Even so, we can even think this in terms of the Lenten season. We're moving as we move closer to Easter. You know, we we're moving towards the fullest celebration of the Paschal mystery. Same thing with the Eucharist. We're we're moving slowly out of this time of fasting to a full celebration, um, returning to the table of the Lord, so that that we can enter into, as you just said, quoting the Constitution, that full active constant, conscious participation. And it isn't, I hope that when we come back, or part of what we can do when we come back, is this truly that we have rediscovered something central about our Eucharistic living, um, our life as a community. And I hope our parishes can can accompany people to break that open um, in the next several months uh, as well. Timothy, we're only in the second week of opening. Right. So we are, our parishes have only had one weekend right. of phase five which is no restrictions in the city of Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago, and in the state of Illinois. So 
Yeah. We're, we're, we're not used to it yet. I mean, we're, this is, these are, and, and that's why for our listeners, we wanted to discuss this, this uh, topic for today's show. It's, it is very timely for where we are as, as a church in this part of the country. For sure. Just as you say that, I was thinking of, of that, that first Sunday when, when we didn't have masks on and I was cantering down at St. Thomas the Apostle and, um, I, and as I stood up at the canter stand to greet everybody, uh, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I just, I made a comment like, oh, how wonderful it is to see your faces <laughs> because I, since I had been singing there, we've been in masks. So I, yeah. I've not seen people's faces and there is a sense of, uh, of joy. There's a sense of, uh, fellowship, fellowship. Yeah. That's a great word. Connection. Yeah. That, that just wasn't the same, um, if you will, and what was beautiful, um, in, for me at least, as a, as a musician, as the cantor, was uh, certainly by the time we got to the Gloria, um, I began to hear more and more people singing, yeah. and the fullness really, of that church. Really, really. Yeah. We haven't been singing yeah. for a year and a half. I mean, it's it's rather strange, and um, I mean, there's one particular person I could pick out her voice, and you could just, for me at least, I, I was sensing the joy of just being able to express that. And that, I think, even outside of the particulars of, of the Eucharistic species, that ho- the whole Eucharistic liturgy celebration is, that's what we're coming to and participating in the fullness of the Paschal Mystery. And I think that was Cardinal Seurat's yeah idea as well. It's not just the Eucharistic species. Right. His letter is, let us return with joy to the Eucharist, to the celebration, to the whole celebration. He says in, in some of the introductory comments, he says, the Christian community has never sought isolation and has never made the church a city with closed doors. Yeah. And so listeners, this is, uh, this is our time. This is the time for the doors to be flung wide open, as St. John Paul II uh, coined a phrase. The doors to be fl- uh, flung wide open uh, to welcome people back. And, and for us as leaders, so as pastoral staffs and as ministry leaders and as liturgy coordinators and music directors and just any Catholic, yeah. That's who Cardinal Seurat is writing to. And, 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 and uh, our, our point today is he makes six, I think, six profound points mm-hmm. that uh, we're going to talk about today in terms of uh, as people come back to keep these things in mind. Um, the, uh, uh, these six points are um, uh, that they're not an exhaustive list uh, of elements of the Eucharist. But in a sense, I think he the, he highlights you know six basic elements of the celebration of the Eucharist that we as Catholics cannot live without, and he says that over and over and over again. And I just want for our listeners, I I, I guess I just want to punctuate these um, points by th- this is what the prefect for the Congregation for Divine Worship in in Rome is 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 uh, raising for us that we cannot live without these elements of in person participation that is not to diminish the live streaming or the recordings that we have had which are so important which are so important uh and we talked about this last month as well they are um they they are turning into a vital form of outreach and a vital form of evangelization and care so not to diminish those but right nothing and and cardinal sarai even says that in the letter nothing can replace the in-person participation, the connection, 
the uh, being part of the community. Yeah. That's one of the elements that he, he raises. Well, and, and what's so fascinating about, about this, and, and I think our listeners would appreciate this, we might dig into some of this, but what what Todd was just getting at and what what he's saying is as uh, when Cardinal Seurat, Cardinal Seurat is talking about those live stream liturgies um, and, and that those can't replace the in-person is we have to remember that God became incarnate. And so part of the way we worship is with our bodies, like gathered together in communion. Like when we are gathered together, um, it, we are the sacrament of the presence of Christ in the world. And a being, visible a sign. A visible sign. You can point to it. It's tangible. Yeah. That element is missing when when we are not present. Right. And, and and that being together, the singing together, the praying together, the even the before and after when people are chatting in the narthex or the socials after liturgy, all of that is about building community. And all of our life flows from the liturgy in which we celebrate. And so to celebrate virtually is is sort of a, it's an image of something, um, ultimately, oh, wow. yeah. as opposed to being physically in the midst of the celebration itself, like yeah. being part of it in a in an incarnate way, if you will. I yep. don't know if that's the best way to say that. But Yes, yeah, um, an incarnate, in yeah, the flesh, like, in person. Yeah, it, yeah, like being being physically present together. And, and that's really crucial um, to the Christian way of life. Um, and when we can see that trace back, you know, which we'll probably get into a little bit, but the Acts of the Apostles. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. I mean, and you, you can't you can't read the Acts of the Apostles, <laughs> at least I can't, I should say. And and the sense of community and the importance of gathering together for prayer, sharing things in common, um, and that's that's what we model our life on. We've said it here before, Saint John Paul II. In uh, uh, I forget which which letter it was, but he said none of us is saved as individuals alone, but always as a member of the community, always a mem- yeah. as a member of the body. For our listeners, before we take this first break, uh, we are discussing. Uh, Let us return with joy to the Eucharist. It's a letter from the uh, then um, head of the Congregation for Divine Worship in Rome. You can Google it. You can find it. It's three pages long, well worth your reading. Stay with us. We'll get more into this letter when we come back. Stay with us for more Focus on the Liturgy after these messages. adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time virtually with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312 312- 
937-3375. The Word Made Clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on 7.50 a.m. Welcome to those who are watching in via YouTube and Facebook. Um, I'm Todd Williamson. And I'm Timothy Johnston. And we are talking today about a letter that Cardinal Robert Seurat issued last year in August, midst of the pandemic. And the title of the letter was, Let Us Return with Joy to the Eucharist. And we're talking about it today because we, we are in the midst, in this city, in this state, in this archdiocese of reopening. We are in phase five, and if this is, I think this is the this is this is the time that Cardinal Seurat had in his mind when he issued this letter. When it's time, when we can, let us return with joy to the Eucharist. And he made in in that last segment we were setting the stage. He made he makes six, I think, very profound points, Timothy, mm-hmm. that we want to to talk about. He says. Uh, and, and, and everything we were just saying about what does it mean to be in person and to, and to participate fully, actively, and consciously, and completely, right, with our whole bodies, with our whole selves, whole being, yeah. with our whole being, um, six points that are well worth our consideration and, and our meditation and our prayer and for, uh, for us, you and I, and for our, our listeners as well. And I want, I want our listeners to keep in mind and to list here how... Cardinal Seurat phrases these, how he, the context. He says, we can, as Christians, as Catholics, we cannot be, we cannot live without these six elements that we encounter every 
Sunday on the Lord's Day when we gather as the body of Christ around the altar of and the ambo of the Lord and offer the Lord's Supper. And there, it, it is superly, or superly, it is super profound. So I can't speak this morning. It's super profound to think about that, Todd, just what you were saying is that we cannot be, I, to even meditate and reflect on that, because as we've talked many times on the show, we have an identity in Christ Jesus because of baptism. And without these six elements, so the word of the Lord celebrating together, the things we're going to break open, we cannot live out our baptismal identity uh, because we are not united or connected to the church, the community to the, of faith. To the body. Yeah. To the body of which we are members. What a fan, what a fantastic point. You, you started to talk about this, the six elements that Cardinal Sarah says that we cannot live without. We cannot be Christian without the word. We cannot be Christian without the uh, sacrifice of the cross. We cannot be Christian without the banquet of the Eucharist. We cannot be without the Christian community. We've been talking about that. We cannot be without the house of the Lord, our home. And then lastly, we cannot be without the Lord's day. Those are the six points we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about. For those on YouTube and Facebook, we do have some images that will be coming up. That very first one, Timothy, we've talked about it so many times today uh, on this show. Cardinal Seurat says, we cannot live, we cannot live without the word of the Lord, which in the celebration of the liturgy takes shape and becomes a living word. We cannot live without that, that living word. And, 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 and he makes a, he makes a particular point, which in the celebration of the liturgy becomes the living word. That's, that's, that's how we Catholics understand the proclamation of Scripture and liturgy. Yeah, and that's so, again, profound to think about because we, we often, it, it's easy to slip back into the mentality of like, oh, me and my Bible, I'm going to read, I'm going to meditate. But that is not, a. I mean, certainly you can do that. Yes, but, but not the, in liturgy. But not in liturgy. The fullest understanding of that is we as a community, we hear the Word of God, and that Word begins to resonate alive in our heart. It rouses uh, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, because remember, at the end of the liturgy, we're going to be sent forth. And what the to word, announce the gospel to, we've heard yeah, proclaimed exactly. So we have to listen. We have to embody. We have to take it in. We have to be challenged by that word, because we cannot be fully who we are without hearing the story of our ancestors, if you will, and finding ourselves in that story today and how we are being called to live as Christ calls us to live. One of my favorite lines in the general instruction on the Roman Missal, <laughs> Article Twenty Nine. When the scriptures are proclaimed in the church, God himself speaks to his people and Christ present in his own word proclaims the gospel. Yeah. When the scriptures are proclaimed in the church, in ecclesia, right? Mm -hmm. In the body, within the, uh, with, when, the, when the scriptures are proclaimed within the body gathered, God himself speaks to his people. Now, Timothy, does that mean that if I'm at home and I'm reading the, my Bible, God's not speaking to me? No, it doesn't mean that. What it, but, it, but, but it does mean there is a tremendous difference, as you pointed out. When, when the body right. has gathered, God speaks to us in the scriptures. Yeah, exactly. Because it just lead, So leading up to the Sunday Eucharist, where we're going to hear this scripture proclaimed and, and following from, we, we, the documents tell us we should be meditating upon that word in, in, at home with our family individually. 
in preparation for and from flowing from. So it is, it is crucial. Um, so when you come back to church, listen with a new heart, a renewed heart. Uh, open your ears in a new way after this long fast of being in the, the physical presence of the assembly. And, and Cardinal Sorai even says that, right, in the letter. He says, he, says, uh, he has, addresses this to those who today open their hearts to listen to mm. the word that is proclaimed in yeah. the body, in person, in, in ecclesia. We cannot live without that living word of God. The second point he makes, we cannot live as Christians without participating in the sacrifice of the cross. The, 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 the liturgy is, we, when, we, when we gather for the liturgy, we are called to do what Jesus did, and that is to sacrifice ourselves completely to offer ourselves along with him who did it par excellence. Yeah, I mean, again, this this goes into this is the Paschal mystery. What we celebrate in the liturgy is we give of our full self that dying um, so that we can share in the fullness of the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and, and of course, that's a journey that we're, we're on daily yep. um, of, uh, as we do that. I think it's also important to note what we celebrate in the Eucharist, it's not a, a re-sacrifice. Um, it, it is an entry into the, that moment in history. It is bringing it into the present where we are celebrating that event uh, just as if it were, were there. It's uh, the idea of memorial. Exactly. Right? It, there's, a, there's a great line that, that I, I once heard from, um, uh, from an author who said it this way, um, God, God the Father has no past, has no present, has no future, right? It's just the eternal now. Yeah. What that means is Christ's salvific self-offering on the cross is always before the Father. Yeah. There is no past for God the Father. Christ's self-offering is always eternally before the Father. When we gather for liturgy, we plug into that. Yeah, I, that's I, the offering of the cross. That's exactly right. I, I just was sharing with Todd during the break that uh, when I was home recently, I was talking to a, 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 a friend, <laughs> uh, some, a family friend, and we were basically talking about this. And that was one of the things that that came up was, and I used the holy holy as the example, is when we open our mouths to proclaim that, um, as with the whole liturgy, we insert ourselves into that moment. But the angels and the saints, the seraphim and cherubim, they're already singing their unending hymn of praise. We just plug into that moment. Right. And that's what, what, what Todd is, is sharing with us. What we're doing is we, we're plugging into that eternal, uh, what's, what's eternally present uh, in the face of God. This is a fundamental principle of liturgical prayer. Yeah. It's, you know where you really see it? In the introduction, the general instruction on the liturgy of the hours. Yes. When we enter into liturgy, our voices join with the great hymn of praise that is sung throughout all the halls of heaven. That's that's the line from that. That I, yeah. I think is just beautiful. When we gather for liturgy, we join our voices to that great hymn of praise that is sung throughout the halls of heaven. Well, and since you brought that up with the Liturgy of the Hours, I think it's really fundamental to even consider. So what we're talking about, obviously, is, is returning to the Eucharist, but these principles also apply to the, the all liturgical life of the Church. Yes, so the, the whole liturgical life. Yeah, so the Liturgy of the Hours, the celebration of baptism outside of Mass, yep. uh, you know, whatever, all those sacramental celebrations. So it, we, we can't forget when we gather 
um, whether it be at mass or at other times for sacramental celebrations, um, is that we gather as the body of Christ and we hear the word of God proclaimed. That's why the word is part of every liturgical celebration, yes. even visits to the sick. Yes. Like if you are oh, yes. looking at, so, you know, it's not just bringing communion to the sick. It, there's a liturgy of the word. There's prayer because it's a liturgy of the church and it is the ecclesia who is coming to visit that person. And again, notice the wording that Cardinal Seurat uses. We cannot live as Christians without participating in the sacrifice of the cross. Yeah. And that's what we do every Sunday when we gather as the body of Christ around the altar in the ambo of the Lord and celebrate the Lord's Supper and lift up our hearts to the Lord, right? Exactly. In praise and thanks. Yeah, we bring all those things that from our week, from our day, our month, whatever, we bring that, we die to that, we sacrifice that. We, we sacrifice that, we lay that on the altar yeah. along with the gifts of bread right. and wine. And those are transformed uh, and God gives them back to us being transformed, right? Right. So, so so we cannot live without the word. We cannot live without participating in the sacrifice of the cross. And then the third one, which we'll get into more detail after this break, but we cannot be, and again, these are his words, we cannot be without the banquet of the Eucharist, the table of the Lord to which we are invited as, as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, to receive the risen Christ himself. We cannot be without the banquet of the Eucharist. Yeah, again, this is a... a, a it's who we are. It, 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 it's at the heart of our identity. Let's pick it up there when we Great. come back from this break. Stay with us. We're talking about the uh, letter from Cardinal Seurat in the Congregation for Divine Worship. Let us return with joy to the Eucharist. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847-546-5733. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago 
presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on 750 AM WNDZ. If you are just joining us for the second half of our show, I'm Todd Williamson. And I'm Timothy Johnston. And we are talking today about uh, a letter issued by the Prefect for the Congregation of Divine Worship last year, August of 2020, Let Us Return with Joy to the Eucharist. It was a letter written in the midst of the pandemic, and it was a letter written to all the presidents of the bishops' conferences all over the world, and it's it's a basically when uh, what what uh, Cardinal Seurat was saying in the letter is when it's time, and it's time here in the Archdiocese of Chicago when it's time to return in person after the mm-hmm. pandemic. Here are six main points to consider to open your heart to as we are returning. He says. We are, as we return, let's remember that we cannot live without the word of the Lord. That's the first point That's he makes, the, the living word of the Lord. He says we cannot live as Christians without the sacrifice of participating in the sacrifice of the cross. And then the third point that we just started before that last break, Cardinal Seurat says we cannot be, <laughs> we cannot be, meaning we cannot exist without the banquet of the Eucharist. And, 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 and. That's how I read that, and that's how I believe that. We cannot be, we cannot exist without the celebrate the banquet of the Eucharist. It's at the heart of who we are as Catholics. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and we've quoted this before. The Constitution uh, of the Sacred Liturgy talks about this. It is the source, the summit is the font of, of all our life. So it it's what, when we gather and we participate in, in the Eucharistic liturgy and we share in, in receiving the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are nourished for mission. We are nourished. We are made more into the body of Christ every time we gather and we participate in the Shaped Eucharist. more, formed more into that body we've been baptized yeah. to be. I mean, it's really, you. it takes a lot of, of goodness to sort of work. Uh, I don't know how I want to say this. Like, you can't just go to church and, and sit there passively. Like, to, to live out the Christian life, and this is what he's getting at, I even think, um, and all of our documents talk about this, is you have to be actively engaged. You have to meditate upon these mysteries. Um, you don't have to have a degree in theology, but the profundity of you celebrating within your assembly, within the community of your parish, church, with, with those in communion around the world, that Eucharistic uh, image of, of unity, of coming together and being sent forth to proclaim that word that we've heard. Yeah, it, 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 and, and, and notice, notice the language. It's, we cannot be without the banquet of the Eucharist, which is, it's not just the Eucharistic species that he's talking about. He's talking about yeah. the celebration of the Lord's Supper, which involves hearing the scriptures proclaimed, the living word of God proclaimed. Offering yeah. prayers and, and interceding to God on behalf of the church, the world, the marginalized, the poor, the, the, uh, the community gathered, and the dead. And offering ourselves along with Christ in the sacrifice. 
that's that's the banquet of the Eucharist. Exactly. And I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking about uh, the, the heavenly banquet. I mean, again, what we celebrate at that Sunday liturgy, that banquet when we gather in our parish community is the same banquet that is being celebrated around the world, but the heavenly banquet. It is the Easter banquet, if you will, that that perfect banquet, the the wedding feast of the lamb. Yeah, there you go. That's I was trying. To, I was fishing for that in my head. Uh, it couldn't, it's the couldn't wedding feast of the lamb. The wedding banquet of the lamb. It's uh, and 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 uh, you know the image of John in the in the Revelation, right? That's and that's what we're destined for. And we partake of that here on earth when we gather as a member of the body to um, partake in the banquet of the Eucharist. And and, and he even says, and I'm kind of just pulling this out a little bit, but. In that same paragraph, he he says, we are invited as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. So just to highlight that, that when we come together, we are the body of Christ, but we're, we're invited. We're called. We're, it's not just like, oh, show up, but this banquet, just think about the scripture passages where this, this comes up in the, in, um, you know, where the, the, uh, I'm terrible at quoting scripture, but you know, go out and gather all of those to come the w- to the banquet. The wedding—that's the wedding. Uh, go out into the high by- right. highways and the byways and shake and the shake the bushes if, if 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 we need to in order to get people into this banquet. Right, and some people come prepared, some don't. And some of the you know, there's lots of. I mean, I'm kind of mixing stories here, but <laughs> but there's a lot of imagery in that. But the main thing to remember is you're invited. We are invited to come to celebrate the, at the table of the Lord that God wants us present um, to be in this dialogical uh, uh, celebration, this relational um, celebration with not only God himself, but with our brothers and sisters. And that's the very next point that Cardinal Sarah raises. He says, we cannot be without the banquet of the Eucharist. And that leads into his next point. We cannot be, again, these are his words, we cannot exist, we Mm -hmm. cannot be without the Christian community without the family of the Lord. We need to meet our brothers and sisters who share in this sonship and this daughtership of God, who share the brother and sisterhood of Christ. That's, we cannot be without the Christian community. Well, and I love, he goes on as, as he, in that, again, these are short paragraphs is what he, so he's packed a lot into these, but we cannot be without the Christian community. And we come as individuals with all of our individual charisms um, the joys, the sorrows, all of that, and we unite that to the body of the, the community that has gathered. And so we all have different gifts and talents. We hear this, of course, in St. Paul's writings, that we all are, oh my are gosh, yeah. different uh, gifts and, and things uh, to share within the community. And I think after this time of pandemic, this might be an opportunity in our parishes to maybe renew our our. Uh, what's the word like devotions what I come come to mind but this devotion to um, knowing one another oh, wow. more intimately more fully um, so that that we can truly become uh, these communities of the presence of Christ that we've been talking about uh, because we do need and this I mean this is what we hear in the Acts of the Apostles um, this is what Saint Augustine says at the beginning of, of his rule you know that we have come in one in heart and mind brothers so that we might uh, come to God, basically. I, I do think it's important to raise something here. So, and 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 I think this is important for all of us to remember. The, the re- so you and I are sitting here right now, all excited <laughs> about community, right? And coming back. And there are people, Timothy, who aren't ready. 
they have their own anxieties about crowds, about sure. gathering with people. Still, they have concerns about it. Still, um, there are some people who can't because of because of being immunocompromised. For example, mm-hmm. they they can't gather in large groups yet. Um, and and I th- I just I just think we need to be mindful of them. Um, and, and 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 not forget about them. Yes. that's the other. Oh piece. my gosh! Don't don't force, don't push, but don't forget that they are part of the community still, even if they can't physically be present. So that raises the question: Great then, point. How is the parish reaching out uh, to those folks so that they still feel like they belong? And 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 how have you been doing that? Of course, during the pandemic, you know, how do we continue that? How do we continue to foster um, that that type of connection, that outreach? Because as I know from my own experience of, of family who lived in nursing homes and things like that, who were not able to be at the parish church, having someone visit from that community to share the stories of what's been going on during the week or what even, I mean, as simple as what songs they sang at Sunday mass. Sharing the homily. This is what father said in this exactly. homily. Exactly. You cannot imagine how uh, moving and important that is for those who are not able to physically be present. Right. You bring the community to that person. Right. You are representing uh, that. I just think it's important that we note for those listening yeah. who might be hearing us and, and saying, I'm, but I'm just not ready. And exactly. We don't want, we don't want them. Take to, your time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's what we've been telling pastors. Mm-hmm. We've been telling pastors that um, this, so we've been, we've been in phase five for only a week and a half. The, I've, I received phone calls after the first weekend and, um, and where, where pastors have said, you know, um, do, do we go, do we immediately go full speed back to everything? And I'm saying, take your time. There, there are, there are parishioners. There are some parishioners who are yes, ready to, you know, Sure. Whole, you know, no, no holds barred. And there are others for whom we need to, we need, we can only go as fast as the, the, the community will yes. allow you if you will. Right. right. And, and that, that kind of brings up a, not a point that Cardinal Seurat talks about, but it brings up a, a question of discernment in terms of, or at least it puts that in front of me. Like if I were the pastor of a parish, I would be sitting with my staff and really, I'd probably maybe even break this letter open with them. <laughs> but to discern, like what is the readiness of our community and, and looking at who is our community and, and how do we plan um, to, as we move through this phase five, to minister to the people of God that we're entrusted with. Um, and, and that's going to look different from parish to parish because demographics are different, comfortability is different, space is different, all of the things are different. Um, but as what we were saying, just keep in mind the community. Right. Um, and that's that's the main and, and important piece right. in that. Right. So those last two points that Cardinal Seurat made, we cannot be, we cannot exist without the banquet of the Eucharist, but at the same time, and similarly, we cannot be, we cannot exist without the Christian community. It, that is the visible sign of the church. That is the visible sign of the body of Christ in Indian Head Park or in Evanston or in uh, uh, Pilsen. It is the sign mm. of the presence of Christ. It is the body of Christ in Lansing and in uh, uh, Chicago. Yeah, I, it, it well, we said this earlier, being in the Eucharistic liturgy, you're being made more and more into the image and likeness of, of God. You're becoming more the body of Christ, this Christian community. And I always have this great image um, for myself. It's somewhat pie in the sky, but that when we leave the community, the leave that church, I should say, um, at the end of the liturgy, we go 
which is what we actually believe and teach as the presence of Christ in the world. And so think about that. like To transform To transform. World. So in Pilsen, in Evanston, all those places you named, is that what your church is like? Like, are you the body of Christ in that community, transforming that community, spreading the good news uh, of Jesus Christ by the way you live and act? And, and we, we learn all of that and, and embody that in the celebration of the Eucharist. It's the prayer after communion for the fifth Sunday in ordinary time. I, just I love, love that, that Todd can just quote <laughs> random prayers because I can't. I love that. <laughs> that we... We who have participated in this banquet, we who have offered ourselves within the sacrifice of the cross, we who have who leave as part that we may bear joyfully bear fruit for the salvation of the world. That's what that prayer says. We're going to pick it up there. We have two more points to talk about in returning with joy to the Eucharist. So stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. 
Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time virtually with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Chicago to those who are following us on Facebook and on, on YouTube. We're um, looking at uh, Let Us Return with Joy to the Eucharist, a letter that the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments wrote to the conferences of bishops all over the world in August of last year. And it was, a, it was literally a letter that was, that was, it was meant for this time right now that we're in here in the Archdiocese of Chicago or in Joliet in the state mm-hmm. of Illinois um, and the Midwest where we are reopening. This is the time that Cardinal Seurat had in mind when he wrote this letter. Highlighted six points, encouraging people to come back as, as they come back to remember that we as Christians, we as Catholics cannot live, cannot be without the word of the Lord, the sacrifice of participating in the sacrifice of the cross. The third was um, the banquet of the Eucharist. And fourth, we just talked about being within the Christian community. We cannot be without the Christian community. He turns the last two points a, li- a bit more broadly, eh? He says, yes. we cannot be, so we cannot exist without the house of the Lord. And, and that might seem a little unusual for folks. But as I was reflecting on this myself, I was thinking, um, I mean, he says a lot of things, but before we dive into that, I, I was thinking about my own experience of home. I just was home recently, and, you know, we had a big fish fry. We laughed. We told stories. Well, that's what we do as a family, right? right. We get together, and that's what we do at the house of the Lord. We gather, we tell stories, and we share a meal. And there's something about that that makes us into uh, uh, in that holy place. We live our Christian life, in a sense, in that place. That's where the major milestones of our lives are celebrated. Marriage or First Communions, Reconciliation, all of those moments in, in that help shape us into the body of Christ take place in our uh, home, and if you will. And, and, that's, and that's, what the, that's what Cardinal Seurat is doing. He's mm-hmm. highlighting the importance of our parish churches. They, and, and, and if people doubt that, then just look at the news reports and the headlines when a church closes. This, yeah. so, so he's highlighting the importance of that, um, that, that we don't just gather anywhere. We, we gather 
we gather in our homes. That's what the early Christians did. They gathered in their quote unquote homes. That's yep. what that's what Luke tells us in the Acts of the Apostles. And so we continue to do that as a church. We gather in our home. So we cannot be without the house of the Lord. Well, and even just if you think about um, like city planning, for example, in the Middle Ages, even early, you know, in the U.S., even uh, in some ways, the church was often the center of the square yeah. um, or the center of a town um, because the, the community was anchored in that place um, often. I mean, I know that's true of my hometown. Sometimes that's shifted as, as time's gone on. But think about your local church how has it been rooted in your community yeah. how has it impacted the the community of pilsen or evanston or edgewater whatever wherever you're at your parish church has a history that has it should it should have had some and continue to have some exactly. impact like so we're rooted in this place. in the building and 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 it's you know it, it it's it's oh that's just a building no it isn't. I, I, I like the whole paragraph that Cardinal Seurat writes here where he says, we cannot be without yeah. the house of the Lord, so, which, which is our home. Yeah, which is our home without the holy places where we were born to faith where we discovered the provident presence of the Lord and discovered the merciful embrace that lifts up those who have fallen, where we consecrated our vocation to marriage or religious life, where we prayed and gave thanks, rejoiced and wept, where we entrusted to the Father our loved ones who had completed their earthly pilgrimage. So the story of our life yes. sort of It's unfolds. exactly what you were just talking about yep. in your experience of being home last week. Yeah. It, th- th- that's, that's where uh, all the... And, and because of that, this place is sacred. And, and, and we can't be without it. And we can't be without it, and and we've we've dedicated these spaces for that that reason, um, you know, in that sense. And and at the beginning of the letter, he quotes from the the order of the dedication of of a church, um, and this is one of my favorite prayers in the whole rite. Um, I don't know, should we read it? Yes, it yes. Is? So. It, Remember, this is in the context of, of uh, Cardinal Seurat saying, we cannot be without the house of the Lord. So that yeah, and so this prayer comes from the dedication of a new church. It says, make this forever a holy place. Here may the flood of divine grace overwhelm the offenses of humanity. So baptism and and much more. So that your children, Father, being dead to sin may be reborn to heavenly life. Here may your faithful people standing around the table of the altar celebrate the memorial of the Passover and be refreshed by the banquet of Christ's word and body. Okay, we've talked about that already here. It goes on to say, Here may the joyful offering of praise resound, the voice of men and women be joined to the song of the angels, and continually pray, excuse me, and continual pray rise up to you for the salvation of the world. Here may the poor find mercy, the oppressed discover true freedom, and all people be clothed with the dignity of your children until they come rejoicing to that Jerusalem, which is above. Your parish church is a sign of the, a, a, a sign of the heavenly Jerusalem, a sign in Evanston of the heavenly Jerusalem, a sign in Edgewater of the heavenly Jerusalem, a symbol yeah. in, uh, uh, you know, in, in Barrington of the heavenly Jerusalem. That's, and, and that's our destiny. That's where we are going. God willing, God bless, God pray. Exactly. But it's, that that's why the church building is so important and our our relationship our participation in the church building 
is so important. Yeah, and I know, again, uh, those that are homebound or not able to be present with us, they often long. Um, you know, when I was in the Diocese of St. Cloud, we did a, a, a weekly TV mass, of mm-hmm. course, um, yep. as, as many dioceses do, and I think Chicago has one as well. We do. And we would get so many calls um, from parishes because we would try to highlight stained glass windows from different parishes, uh, you know, as as part of the intro or whatever. And people would write so many letters or call and say, we are so grateful. We are getting to see part of the house, part of the building, uh, because it's it's part of who we are. Okay. Now we, we, should move, we should move on to the final. I just gave Timothy the three-minute warning. Last point that Cardinal Seurat makes. We cannot be, again, that strong, profound language. We cannot be, we cannot exist without the Lord's Day. And I, I love that, Timothy, because he literally kind of brings it all down to this. We cannot be without the Word. We cannot be without participating in the sacrifice of the cross. We cannot be without the banquet of the Eucharist. We cannot be without the community. We cannot be without the house of the Lord. And finally, he sums that up with, we cannot be without the Lord's Day, without Sunday, which gives light and meaning to all the days to all our days. Sunday Sunday is the eighth day. It's the day of new creation. It's, it is the Lord's yeah. day. Yeah, it's, it's, it, we were talking about this in one of our breaks. If you haven't read Dies Domini by John Paul II. Keeping the Lord's Day Holy is the uh, English translation. Yeah. LTP publishes a book, a, a little a version of a little, it. Yep, and it, it, it breaks this open. Uh, John Paul II does a great, great job. One of my most favorite pieces of writing from St. John Paul II. This this theology of Sunday we we often uh, we don't think about because we're we get caught up in the theology of Christmas or Advent or that sort of thing. But the theology of Sunday is the the crux of it all. And that, as you said, it's the eighth day. It's the first and the last. Yeah. Uh, in in that way, it is the fullness of of uh, creation, uh, if you will. Um, and so when we gather to celebrate the Lord's Day, we gather. Um, you know, Justin Martyr talks about this in in, in the first apology yes, way back when. Yes. You know, but it's on the Lord's Day that we gather to hear the word of God proclaimed and share at the table of the Lord. Yep. It's where we become who we are meant to be, Christians. Exactly. Proclaiming the good news. For our listeners, again, you can Google this, you can find it. It is called Let Us Return to the Eucharist with Joy. Cardinal Robert Seurat, the prefect, then prefect for the Congregation for Divine Worship, issued it in August of last year. He wrote it for this time, for us at least, Yes, where we are here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and the province of Illinois. We are at the moment of reopening. Last Sunday was the first Sunday in Phase 5 and the government's Phase 5. And Cardinal Seurat wrote this in response to the pandemic and wants to remind us of these six key elements that we cannot be Catholic, we cannot be Christian without. Um, and it's, it would be well worth our, visit, our, our uh, uh, listeners finding it and, and reading it on their own. It's only three pages. Yeah, it's very, very short. We, uh, a little, well, a little bit more than that, I guess. It's four pages. <laughs> You've been listening to Focus on the Liturgy. We will be back next month. Until then... God bless everyone. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.